0: Made especially for the 11th Hour Challenge 2023, the writers, producers and actors of the Strange New Worlds and Spaced Out Tales Sci-Fi Audio Drama Anthology Podcast proudly present Murder on the East Ward.
1: this unit be? Hello? Uh, I'm supposed to be training up here today. Ugh, can somebody please tell me if I'm in the right area?
2: Why are you yelling? Who are you?
1: Oh, sorry. My name's Sarah Tunnel. I'm the new hire. I'm here for orientation.
2: Great. We need some fresh blood here. Take a seat. Mike is in charge here, and he's gonna be the one training you. Okay, great. (sighs) Good luck, kid.
3: Response
4: is 6 East. Oh, hey, uh, you must be Sarah.
1: Yes, yes I am. Uh, let me guess, you're Mike.
4: That I am, unfortunately. The powers that be decided that since I am the most senior nurse here and have the most experience, I am the dedicated nurse mentor. Not that I have more important things to do or anything. No offense.
1: taken. I think.
4: Oh, uh, don't mind me. I've been here for so long, I'm beginning to think it's Stockholm Syndrome. I'd like to piss and moan because it almost makes me feel better. Anyways, we better check out that rapid response before it turns out to be a full-blown Code Blue.
1: Okay.
0: Code Blue,
4: 6 East. I knew it!
1: So what exactly happens at Code Blue's? I've never been to one.
4: Usually, the doctor barks orders, we follow them. Depending on who's there, you could be doing compressions, administering medications, or documenting. Among other things. But that's not usually what happens. Here, what usually happens is that we get so many damn rubberneckers that by the time we arrive from our unit, there's already a line to get in the room ten staff deep. And that's exactly what happened here. Back to the unit and our regularly scheduled programming.
1: So, what's a normal day on the unit like?
4: Well, that all depends. Sometimes there's really good days, and sometimes there's really shitty days. It depends on the patients and administration. If we have enough staff, that's a good day. If someone is going to shit, and there's nothing we can do about it, then that's a bad day.
1: I had no idea.
4: Yeah, well, it's not exactly like in the Blue Shore, but keep in mind, we are here for the patients. Our work on our unit is especially important. Most of them can't walk, talk, or even move. We must do everything we can to make them comfortable help nurture whatever bit of humanity they have left. Most people have turned their backs on them in some way, shape, or form. Though, so unfortunately, we are all a lot of them have.
2: What happened at the code? You weren't gone for very long.
4: Oh, you had to be there. The new girl jumped right up on the gurney and screamed, Live! Damn it, Live! And punched the guy square in the chest. He jumped right up and started breakdancing. Oh, it was great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> ha ha ha. How many times are you going to make that joke? As long as
4: the new people find it funny.
5: New people? Did I hear
4: that right? Oh, crap. Here he comes. Brace yourself, rookie. Fresh meat!
5: so glad to see some new blood here, and a lady no less.
2: Easy, Sean. You don't want to sit in on another meeting with HR, do you? I'm just being
5: friendly and greeting the new staff. Cool it.
4: What's your name, Greenhorn? It's, uh... Greenhorn? Really, dude? Are you a trucker from the 60s? Can we go now? We have work to do. That's right, I probably should let you go.
5: That admission is gonna be here any minute now. Admission?
4: Seriously? When were you going to tell me about that? I, I just found out myself. Oh, yeah, that's real helpful. Joanne, what can you tell me about the patient that seemingly everyone knew about but me?
2: Don't look at me. I just got the paperwork on the facts a minute ago. Patient is a mid-40s male, bought in for an altered mental status. The police found him frozen half to death and unconscious on the street and were unable to get an ID or wake him up, so they brought him into us. Supposedly, he's still comatose, so it shouldn't take too long. Great! I love a fixer-upper! Well, you got one, and here he is. Hey, we
6: have your John Doe. Where is he going?
2: Dear Lord, what is that smell?
6: Guy's got tissue necrosis. It flesh.
2: Put him in the room at the end of the hall. Get that smell as far away from me as possible.
6: You got it, ma'am.
2: Oh. That's what the cane flesh smells like?
4: Unfortunately. More generally speaking, it's the smell of death. That unmistakably sour smell. The one that makes your hair stand on end. Uh, Unfortunately, it's all too common amongst these parts. But, uh... You always remember your first.
6: I can see why. I wish I could forget it. What a lucky day. A new patient and a new worker.
4: Sarah, this is Dr. Mustaine, our attending. Dr. Mustaine, this is Sarah, our new floor nurse.
6: What a pleasure to meet you, Sarah. Nice to meet you too, Doctor. How exciting. I'm sure we'll be working together quite a bit. Two words of advice, dear. I'm sure Michael will confine my words. Don't be alone in the same room as Sean, and try to not let yourself become attached to any of the patients here. They are all better off six feet under than having us do what we do to them. It's torture by my standards. Uh, thank you, Doctor. Don't mention it, darling. I have charting to do, I'm afraid. for now.
1: See you later, Doc.
4: And that was Dr. Mustaine, a real ray of sunshine. Before I forget, that unit that we just came from was the cardiac unit. Uh, technically our sister unit. If there's ever a shortage of nurses, we cover over there, they cover over here, you can actually see the unit from some of the windows. Back when we had staff with a sense of humor, we would break each other, but seemingly most of them have either left or lost it along the way. But, uh, forget all that, because the rotting man isn't going to assess himself. Let's get going. We have work to do. Alrighty. So, you've been here a week. What do you think of the job so far?
1: It's not entirely what I expected, to be honest. That Sean is strange. I I don't know why we have to get these poor coma patients out of bed and put them in chairs around the unit. It's inhumane. Especially that John Doe. He just looks straight ahead.
4: Yeah, that was one of his directives when he first got the job. Politics, really. Whenever a new person takes over, they have to find ways to make themselves seem like a worthy candidate. Something more than just the only fool stupid enough to take the position.
1: I still don't like it. I can't imagine how they must feel watching everyone living their lives while they're stuck here. I feel like all some of them do is stare.
4: Be glad that's all they do. I worked on the psych ward for a little bit before I came here. Everyone in that place deserved combat pay.
1: No kidding. Ugh, why does Sean have to leave his mug out on the desk every single day he's here?
4: That's also a matter of contention with him. He claims that the desk cools his tea to the perfect temperature. We've tried talking to him about it, but he blew it off and said we're being culturally insensitive. Just try your best to ignore it and him in general. Do my ears burn? Do I hear peasant stuff speaketh of
5: me? Take not my name in vain, mortals. Mike, when you and the bint are done wagging tongues, we're getting another patient, so I suggest you get moving, yeah? Excuse me, what did you just call me? Relax, love. I'm just having a laugh. Now, chip-chop.
4: So it's been a couple months now and you still haven't quit. Uh, How are things going? It,
1: uh, has its ups and downs. Ordinarily,
4: this is where I would do your three-month review. But I'm having a hard time concentrating at the moment for some strange reason. Aside from that missing potassium, I can't think of anything you've done wrong. if I had a dollar for every time a pill rolled into oblivion, I sure as hell wouldn't be here.
1: Seriously, when are we going to do something about that? He's been here for over a month and he just screams. Constantly, it just seems cruel and unusual.
4: Tried talking to Dr. Mustaine about it, but she doesn't seem to think it's an issue. Besides, even if she did, the state is really cracking down on medication that could be considered chemical restraints. So medically speaking, our hands are tied. Sean has been working with Joanne to find alternative placement for him, but nobody wants him. For obvious reasons.
1: Well, it's just sad. I feel bad for the poor guy. Oh God damn it, Sean! You rang? Stop leaving your goddamn mug at the desk. I spilled it all over my new scrubs.
5: Oh dear, I'm sorry. Do you need a fresh pair of bloomers? <laughs> who am I kidding? You look like a type that doesn't wear any, am I right? Hmm? Hmm? I tell you what, let me take you out to dinner, right? And I'll stop leaving my tea at the desk. Yeah?
1: Mmm, not a chance in hell, you fucking slimeball!
5: Relax. I'm just having a laugh. Posh nosh ain't really my thing, anyway. But hey, if you ever want to see something long and hard with Magnum written along it, let me know, and I'll show you it in my office. Yeah? Wait. Did I pique your interest, love? Oh,
1: shut up. The screaming stopped. He hasn't stopped for more than a few seconds during this time of day.
4: I'm sure he's fine, but we should probably check on him.
6: What's the patient's status? He looks dead. Why did you call me?
4: Well, Doc, the patient's head is rotated 180 degrees. You tell me. I wasn't sure who I should call first, you or an exorcist.
6: Is this the screamer? Shame. Time of death 1742. Get the paperwork started and I'll sign the certificate of death when you're done. Dear God, how can she be callous? A man is dead!
1: I mean...
4: This is your first stiff, I take it. it. Wears on a lot of people. Some have better coping mechanisms than others. Hers is to shut off completely. It's sad, but every death carries a weight on your conscience. Whether it was preventable or not makes no difference. It was a lost soul. A lot of people think that we are healers. The way I see it, we just guide people to whatever station they're due at next. Whether it be wellness or otherwise. Shepherds of sorts. not our job to decide where they go, just to make sure that they get there.
1: That is a terribly grim mindset to have.
4: Like I said, we all have our coping mechanisms. Let's get him cleaned up for the morticians. I heard he had a really cool tattoo of a crow that I'd like to see.
5: Where the fuck is my coffee? I know the new bird took it! Where did it
4: go? What are you talking about? She's been shadowing me all day! Stop accusing her of shit! That's why no one ever sticks around. I know that little
5: tart took my coffee. She'd been talking about it last week. She's probably hidden it from me.
1: Not to interrupt your lovely conversation, but it's right over there. See?
5: I told you she nicked it. She's a thief. A regular scoundrel.
1: Yeah. I was able to take your coffee and magically teleport it to the other side of the desk with my witch magic. Get bent, Sean.
5: Hey, I am your manager. You can't talk to me like that. Oh, I'm only having a laugh. How dare you use my words against me. That's it. I'm so upset, I'm going to spend the rest of the day in my office. Do not bother me. I've half the mind to write you up for sexual harassment. Hmm? Yeah? How would you like that? Hmm? I better not see you for the rest of the day.
1: The rest of the day would be too soon, asshole.
4: Try not to let him get to you too much. He is an ass, but technically he is also our superior. Not that anything bad would happen if you told him off, but it's also not a good look for uh, in front of the patients.
1: You mean the ones that just lay there, mouth agape? Ugh, I'm getting sick of this bullshit. I've only been here a few months, and I'm over it. Did you hear about the guy in room 78F? Apparently it was... well, I guess technically still is. A child molester. How convenient of Dr. Mustaine to leave that one out when he was admitted here.
4: I did not hear that. But I heard that's her cousin, so that makes a little sense. We gotta be impartial, though. I mean, the guy has Lou Gehrig's. I mean, that's some form of punishment.
1: Still, it just (sighs) rubs me up the wrong way, No, Obviously, I would never treat him differently.
4: Shit, did you just hear that? It sounded like it came from Sean's office.
1: Didn't he say not to bother him? We should just leave him be.
4: I'll just peek my head in, make sure he didn't knock anything expensive over. Sarah, I need a hand over here. Looks like he's on the floor and not breathing. Turn that off. The doc down in emergency said Sean's going to make a full recovery, thanks to the chest compressions you gave him.
1: Yeah, I'm never going to live that down. He better not say a fucking word to me again. I can take those back, you know.
4: <laughs> I'm not sure that's how CPR works, but I get it. Just weird, though. He's only in his 40s. And he doesn't look like the body type to have a heart attack at that age.
1: You never know. Have you seen how those Limeys eat breakfast? With their blood pudding, sausage, eggs, baked beans, small children. Stop. You're making me hungry.
6: Are you to talking about food again? How could you when a co-worker is in critical condition? After all he's done for everyone here. Have you no shame?
4: Bradley. You've worked with me long enough to know that's not the case. Lighten up. The way he ate, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. He didn't look like it, but the dude knew his way around the cheeseburger and fries. All right, a steamed ham and chips. I think that's what they call it over there. Anyway, he'll be back and sexually harassing everyone in no time.
6: Those are quite heavy allegations, please. Don't throw them around, unless you have concrete evidence. Well, uh, actually... Don't bother. She'll
4: just blow you off. Rumor is, they've been an item for years.
6: Oh, and can one of you please be a dear and see if I threw out the scalpel I used in room 78F? Uh, I had to do some debridement on that nasty wound of his. Otherwise, I'm out for the day. Ta-da!
3: <sighs> I
4: thought she'd never leave.
1: Same here. Should we go look for the scalpel?
4: I'm in no rush. Doesn't matter if we do or don't anyway. Are you familiar with the mother-in-law paradox? (laughs) The what? The mother-in-law paradox. I named it and came up with it. I call it that because the Micacinto paradox sounds stupid. I initially was gonna call it the rainy day paradox, but my wife didn't think that was catchy enough, so it became The mother-in-law paradox.
1: Okay... That still doesn't tell me anything other than the fact that your wife has more common sense than you. I'm getting there!
4: Well, basically, the theory is that by attempting to achieve a desired or expected outcome, either by action or inaction, then the opposite is more likely to occur. For example, Your mother-in-law says she might come over this afternoon. You bust your ass all day cleaning your house so it's up to her standard. Odds are, she's not going to show up. Conversely, you don't lift a finger figuring that old hag is going to flake again. You bet your ass she's going to be there at the time she said in her best formal wear.
1: Uh, Okay, Uh, when was the last time you had your head checked? What has this got to do with anything?
4: Uh, Admittedly, it has been a few years, but that's not important. My point is that, if we don't look for it, that scalpel will be sitting exactly where she left it, and tomorrow we will get bitched at by Mustaine for not disposing of it.
1: As opposed to what? Getting rid of it and not getting bitched at?
4: See, that's the problem. According to my theory, if we go look for it, it won't be in there.
1: Or then she would have tossed it herself.
4: I didn't say that. I just said it won't be where it's supposed to be.
1: Well, I would feel better if I checked.
4: Rather you didn't, but hey, you do you.
1: (laughs) I'll be right back.
4: I have a bad feeling about this.
1: Oh my God! Mike, get in here!
0: A gruesome scene was discovered at a local hospital yesterday evening. News 4 reports that a patient was found stabbed to death with a scalpel left in the room. No one has been charged yet with the stabbing, and the killer seemingly remains at large. Here's a comment from the administration at Lucky Oaks Memorial Hospital, Bernard Goodfellow. I am deeply
7: saddened by the events that transpired last night. Speaking for myself and everyone else in Lucky Oaks administration, our thoughts and prayers go out to the victim's family. Such a tragedy that an innocent life was taken in their most vulnerable of times. Going forward, we are ramping up security until the culprit is found, and in regard to the utmost safety of our patients, we are limiting visitors until further notice. In happier news, I am pleased to announce that the new psychiatric wing of the building is ahead of schedule, and we're going to be dedicating it to the memory of Samuel Hodgins, a longtime donor and a personal, lifelong friend of mine who we recently lost. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Bernard. It sounds like you have a real handle on things there. In other news, a traffic accident on the I-90 has traffic backed up for several miles, so anticipate delays. Now here's Tom with the weather.
4: Hello, this is Mike. What? Seriously? Well, I think that's absolutely ridiculous, but whatever. What the fuck? What's going on? You won't believe this shit. I'm being reassigned to cardiac until the killer is found. They're saying that there's a staff shortage because of the increased security measures. And on top of that, a lot of people are calling in because they're afraid. What? That is ridiculous. That's what I said. If I didn't know any better, I'd say they were trying to single us all out to make sure that we're not the killer. Are you ready to fly solo, young padawan? Not that you have much of a choice.
1: Yeah, I guess so. <sighs> Hopefully this all blows over soon. In the meantime, um, don't try and kill anyone else, okay?
4: I'll try not to. Be around.
1: <sighs> well, shit. Guess I have some work to do.
6: No! <laughs> Raise a glass or two. Bubble baths and champagne. What a wonderful combination. What a shame I had to leave you in a few hours for those godforsaken patients. I wish I could just soak in you forever, Bubble Bath. Hello? Is there someone there? You! That's not possible! You're not supposed to...
1: Hello?
2: Sarah, it's Mike. Are you at the desk?
1: Yeah, I'm...
0: What?
4: It has to be the killer. Go hide in Sean's office until I get there. The code is 6969. Because of fucking course it is, the horrid bastard.
0: I'm on my way.
1: Okay.
4: I already know. They should be up here soon.
1: Mike? Can you see anyone? No, I don't see
3: anyone.
1: Ah! <laughs> you! H- how? Why?
3: Why does everyone ask me that? You should consider yourself lucky, young lady. I usually kill them before I have to answer. Your friend Mike is going to take your place, I'm afraid.
1: You're supposed to be in a coma. I I don't understand how you are hurting these people.
3: You're stalling for time. I know the police will be here any minute. It's all part of the reason why I kill. When I was a child, Both my parents were put in vegetative states by a drunk driver. When I saw the way that they were treated, not even like animals, but more like pieces of furniture, it sickened me. My parents lived the rest of their lives in their own filth, without anyone to stand up for them. I swore then that I would devote my life to stopping what happened to my parents to anyone else's.
1: You faked a coma though? How? Nobody noticed you getting up and moving around?
3: It was quite easy, actually. When half the staff are overworked and too stressed to notice, and the other half are so checked out I could have tap-danced in front of them. The fact that everyone knocks before they come into the room simply makes it a piece of cake. This was just another stop among many.
1: But what about the people you've hurt? What makes you any better than the drunk driver that maimed your parents? What gives you the right to be judge, jury, and executioner?
3: My trauma gives me the right. The life that was brutally taken from me before I even had a chance, before I had a say. The screaming patient, killing him was a mercy. His screams were painful ones. I've heard it all too much. Your unit manager was a pervert. I was disappointed to hear that he was able to pull through. Maybe next time you'll be more careful with your potassium. Don't think I didn't know about the child molester either. He deserved his ending a lot sooner than he did. And that doctor... She didn't give two shits about a single patient here. Her only concern was the kickbacks from the pharmacy and the incentives from administration for keeping this place filled.
6: Did you kill Dr. Misty?
3: It wasn't hard to find her. She had the nicest house in the block. Well, that's my cue. Sorry, Sarah. I can't let you live. You already know too much.
4: It was homeless coma guy all along?
1: Yeah. Um, He had a real bad vendetta against the medical field as a whole. Can't really blame him. Sounds like he was dealt a really shitty hand.
4: I just can't believe you shot him. Where did you even get the gun?
1: It was in Sean's desk. He really wasn't kidding when he said he had a magnum in there. (laughs) (laughs)
7: Oh good, you're both here. That will make things easy then. Uh, Mr. Asinto, I just want to say I'm sorry about the injury. Unfortunately, because you were AWOL from your assignment, we have no choice but to deny your workman's compensation claim. Okay, however, due to your bravery, we have decided to not charge you for any of the emergency services for the severe concussion that you received. We've also taken the liberty of notifying your wife. She should be on her way soon. Gee, thanks. And, Ms. Tonal, your actions saved who knows how many lives today. And for that, we thank you. However, we do have to discuss the matter of discharging a firearm on hospital grounds, which I'm sure you know is a direct violation of our zero-tolerance policy on weapons. Unfortunately, we have no choice but to suspend you without pay for two weeks. Initially, the policy required us to terminate you. But Sean Hardy put in a good word for you, so to speak, and, well, thank you for understanding the matter. Now I have to address the media. Uh, toodaloo. Well, that was
4: certainly unpleasant, yet not entirely unexpected.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) What now?
4: Well... Once my head stops hurting, I think I'm going to look into a less stressful career. Like, maybe working on an oil rig.
1: Yeah. You know, that sounds like a vacation after all of this.
0: Murder on the East Ward was written by Stephen Newhand, one starred Lauren Deakin as Sarah, Stephen Newhand as Mike, Anna Gisaka as Dr. Mustaine, John Kennard as Sean, Joe Kilcar as John Doe, Kat McQueen as Joanna, Caleb Dethridge as Bernard Goodfellow, Siska de Guzman as the hospital transporter and the news broadcaster, and Jim Kogan as the hospital announcer. Production and sound design were by Jim Kogan. Sound effects and incidental music were licensed from Invato Elements. This production was created especially for the 11th Hour Audio Challenge 2023 and was a collaborative effort by the writers, producers and actors of Strange New Worlds and Spaced Out Tales sci-fi audio drama anthology podcast. With a few actors borrowed from the Guild of Snails audio fiction YouTube channel, the Infinite Realms podcast and Tales of the Monster Hunters podcast. And special thanks to Anna Giseka for bringing the 11th Hour Audio Challenge to our attention. For without doing so, this production would never have gotten made. If you'd like to hear more audio exploits from our happy little collective, please do check out the Strange New Worlds and Spaced Out Tales podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube and by visiting strangenewworldsad.my.canva.site Subs, likes and nice reviews are always appreciated. We have one full season of the show available to listen to right now and a second season already in production to be released in early 2024. We will hope to see you over there. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show.